We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. KJ Podcast, episode 129. Cranking out San Francisco 49ers analysis. Thrilled you're here. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an old listener, you're an OG. You've been listening for quite a while. It's been fun talking to everyone on Twitter. The conversation about the 49ers is still vibrant. It's still active. The faithful are still one of the best fan bases in the entire league. We are going to hand out interim grades this week. I remember high school, middle school, I would get an interim report card in the mail. Not your overall report card, but just, hey, these are the grades. We're sending this home in the mail to the parents. You guys should know. And one year I had a bunch of C's. I was normally an A, B student. I had a bunch of C's. I think it was like seventh or eighth grade. I hid the interim report card in the mail. I hid hid it from my parents. My mom was like, where is it, Kevin? I was like, "Uh, I don't think they gave them out this year, mom. It's like a weird thing, like something malfunctioned with the paper. They just gave it to us. Um, I had all A's and B's. You just got to have it. You're going to have to trust me. I got in so much trouble for lying to my mom, throwing away mail. The 49ers are not there. I'm not going to give them a bunch of D's and F's. They have a handful of C's, not a whole lot, but there's an A or two and a lot of B's right now for the 49ers for where they're supposed to be in this rebuild, for some of their late-round picks that are performing, for some of the early ones that aren't. We'll run position by position and hand out letter grades for how John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan handle that position, like who could they have acquired, and then just kind of how the players overall are performing on the field. We'll go strengths and weaknesses. I thought it would be smart to start here 
compare the 49ers to their Week 5 opponent, the Arizona Cardinals, both in the same division. Going to be seeing Josh Rosen for a while here. Let's just run down both teams and just kind of compare and contrast. I think the biggest note and why these two teams are different, the 49ers have $39 million in cap room. The Cardinals have six. Six million. Larry Fitzgerald, 16.8 million. Chandler Jones, 15.5. He's worth it. 17 sacks last year. Patrick Peterson, $14.9 million cap hit. Worth it. He's a number two cornerback PFF. Then Sam Bradford. That's the first mistake the Cardinals made here. They're going to be giving this guy one year, $20 million deal. It's $15 million if they caught him next year. There's an option for a second year. There's some weird verbiage there, but they're paying at least Sam Bradford $15 million to be a backup. Everyone knew it was going to blow up in his face. There was no weapons here. Mike McCoy's scheme is in some world beater. He's already on the bench. They mismanaged that. So the Cardinals have made some decisions here. Deion Buchanan's not had a good start to the year. They're paying him $8 million. Jermaine Gresham's pretty old, $7.2 million. They extended David Johnson the day before the season at running back. Why are you doing that? Why don't you just let that play out? So the Cardinals, Steve Kime has been freewheeling with that money. He's been throwing it out. Fitzgerald will come off the books. He's still been semi-productive for them. They're not in a good cap situation. My point here is that when the 49ers and Cardinals play a sloppy game and it's back and forth and raggedy, shooting themselves in the foot, turnovers here and there, it's 22-16 is the final. It's ugly. Remember, the Cardinals don't have the roster flexibility the 49ers do. They're locked in to a lot of big money with older guys. They're happy with Josh Rosen for sure. He had a great debut, much better than 180 yards, had some huge drops. He could have had 300 yards and an extra touchdown if his teammates were any good. The Cardinals are one of the worst teams in the league. They have individual nice pieces. Their defensive scheme is the Carolina zone, 70% zone defense, playing spots. An accurate quarterback can pick them apart for sure. They're nearly identical statistically to the 49ers. 18th in the league yards per play. I think it's both 5.5. They're secondary outside of Peterson. They're starting Antoine Bethea. They're starting Gerald Hodges at linebacker. Cardinals are in a weird spot. They let Tyran Matthew go. 49ers really haven't let anyone go that's been great. Aldrick Robinson had that one random two-touchdown game. Vance McDonald's been okay with the Steelers. Eli Harold has a handful of sacks this year. That's been actually shocking that the Lions are getting something out of him. Maybe he just needed a change of scenery. That was just a player thing. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the interim grades with the 49ers, but I do think they're a better organization than the Cardinals. Kyle Shanahan's a better coach than Steve Wilkes. Parag can handle the cap a lot better than Steve Keim has. John Lynch has to prove a lot of things, but he's helped establish culture. Jimmy G was up and healthy, the 49ers would be seven-point favorites. I think they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're still getting that one-and-a-half points. You get the three at home, so Vegas is still tipping their cap that the 49ers are a better team. It's not by much without Jimmy Garoppolo. Even if this is a 4-12 and season, the Cardinals are probably going to be worse than the Niners for a couple of years here. It's going to take them a while to build the team around Josh Rosen. Christian Kirk's a pretty good receiver. He stepped in. 
has 15 receptions. Their O-line is one of the worst in the league. The Niners are in a good spot with the O-line. Still have a lot to prove. That's what we do on this podcast. We talk about big decisions that have been made. The Cardinals, Steve Keim, he held on to Carson Palmer too long. He put too many veterans around him. It all came tumbling down. Steve Wilkes, questionable hire. I don't love that Carolina scheme. They really need dominant defensive linemen. It's not a lot of blitzing from the linebackers at all. It's just a lot of pressure you need to get up front. I said my piece on the Seattle scheme last week. I don't like it. I don't know if it's long-term fit. Really, Seattle got lucky. Jacksonville spent a shit ton of money to build their defense that way. You saw LA Chargers playing it last week. It's not that good. If you don't have the right personnel, C.J. Beathard threw for 300 yards all over it. I trust the 49ers, Kyle, John Lynch, Parag. They're not going to be a disaster here. The 49ers will be a competitive football team. Will they be in the playoffs all the time? I don't know, but it's never going to get as bad as Arizona is about to have, I think, some serious struggles. Even if the Cardinals win this week, I think they're a 3-13, 4-12 team. They're going to have a top five pick. The Niners might too, but it's because of Jimmy G's injury more than a terrible roster and and really bad decisions. The Niners have made their fair share of theirs. We're going to get to those in the interim report cards, but take this into the game Sunday knowing the Cardinals are in worse shape. They inherited Patrick Peterson, this regime. They inherited some good things, and they made a good trade for Chandler Jones, too. I mean, you give them their props, but the Cardinals are the least feared team in the entire league, I want to say, especially on offense. We'll see with Josh Rosen. I tweeted out there, I think Kyle would have picked Josh Rosen at the 49ers, had to maneuver up a little bit. He would have fallen right there to them at nine. Jimmy Garoppolo was out of the picture. They said, you know what, Kirk Cousins, you know what? We don't like the film the last couple years of Jay Gruden. We loved it when he was here. He's developed some bad habits. He's actually kind of old. We want to draft a young QB. I bet it would have been Rosen one, Darnold two, Baker three, Josh Allen four. Speaking of Jimmy G, he had ACL surgery on Wednesday. They normally do wait a week or two after the swelling goes down. Wishing him all the best. I hope he's around the building a lot. I know it takes a month to really kind of come to terms with how disappointing this is. Not only you're missing the season, now it's rehab every day, which is the same repetitive bullshit, but has to be done to get your body back in correct shape. Feeling for Jimmy G today. Feeling for my Niners fans. The season's not going that bad. It says one and three in the standings. There's been very low moments every week. The Kittle drop week one. Week two, Matt Stafford coming back, nearly winning that game. The Jimmy G pick six that got called back. Week three, the Chiefs went up 35-7. It was a a showing of look at an elite team and look at how far away the Niners are. Week four, they fought really hard. The Garrett Selleck drop and then the 85-yard interception return was so maddening. It's been a frustrating season, but it hasn't been full of lows. Let's go to the interim grades right now. QB, I'm giving a B-. Jimmy Garoppolo was finding his groove against Kansas City when he got hurt. C.J. Beathard? You guys can clown. Some of you guys are on Twitter. He's good for a third-round pick. 
limited reps, doesn't have an elite wide receiving core, was you know supposed to be a fifth or a sixth round pick. He's had some starts. Some have been good. Some have been bad for a third round pick. Yeah, I mean, this isn't Dak Prescott when he was a rookie. This isn't Russell Wilson. It's not some huge fine, but he's competent for sure. You know, the top 15 backup quarterbacks. So that I think good on Kyle Shanahan. He wants to make CJ succeed. He doesn't want to burn a third round pick here. And I think the Niners are hoping more 298 yard games are in his future. Running back, I'm giving him A minus. I love Matt Breida. I have since day one. Didn't even spend a draft pick on this guy. He's number three in rushing. He's number 28 in carries, though. Kyle's got to do a better job of consistently feeding him the football. More screen passes to him. Let's get him involved way more in the passing game. Matt Breida's showing speed, elusiveness. He can make a guy miss and get upfield. This doesn't even make sense. Zeke Elliott, 73 carries, 426 yards. Todd Gurley, 79 carries, 338 yards. Matt Breida, 41 carries, 313 yards, 7.6 yards per carry. Yes, he hit the 80-yard home run. More Matt Breida. Let's not force the entire thing. It's got to be what the defense is giving you. Kyle will always say that, but either in the pass game, flexing him out in the slot, Get Matt Breed to the football. Put him on a punt return. He is big play waiting to happen so far this season. He has six runs for more than 20 yards. He's the most explosive running back right now in the league. He he is what Jet McKinnon was supposed to be. Come in here and do. Let's see it more in the passing game. Alfred Morris has been fine. It's 3.8 yards per carry. A lot of his runs are short distance, third and two. Second and one, just get off the ball, get the first down. They're not setting him up for some type of big play. I think he's great as a backup to Brita. I love this lightning-thunder combo they have going on. Use check, I'll include with this here. He had a long touchdown against the Chiefs. He had a big catch against the Vikings. Want to see him involved more, but you know you love what the running backs are doing. That has to do with O-line, who I am going to give a solid B. I think there's a there's like 20 worse units in the league. I would put them like around 10 to 12. They've given pretty good protection. As we saw when Jimmy Garoppolo got sacked a bunch, I believe it was against Detroit, he was holding onto the ball. That was a phantom weird game for him where he wasn't seeing things clearly. The O-line has been giving adequate time to throw. The run blocking has set up Brita for a lot of these big plays. McGlinchey's been banged up. Staley's probably going to miss this week. He missed practice Wednesday. Richburg's banged up. So the O-line's going to go through a turbulent period here. But interim, after first four weeks, I like what I saw. It's a B. It's not elite. It's not an A. It's certainly above like the C-plus level that they were at for most of last year. Receivers, I have a C-minus. Where has Marquise Goodwin been? Garcon has been showing up some, but... It's clear he's not the 1A, 1B. He is more of your second option now. You need a bigger complementary piece next to Pierre Garçon. His body's been through a lot. I mean, you he was a star in Indianapolis with Peyton Manning. That's how long ago it was. He's played with RG3. He's been in this league a long time. He's still 
like I said, good four for 50. I always said like six for 70. I think when I was hyping him up all off season. So he's a shade off that. It's been Goodwin though. That's been the biggest spark plug missing. Pettis is out right now. They haven't been able to get him the football enough. Kyle's done a great job with tight ends, a great job with running backs to start the year. Receiver's been a little puzzling. They put their chips in with non-traditional star players and to have more of a a unit-wide success. Kyle maybe forgot he had Julio in Atlanta. So he did have a hodgepodge of Taylor Gabriel's, Justin Hardy's, but you do need that star. I don't think it'll be a first-round pick. All those free agents, Odell, Mike Evans, have been locked up. I don't think it'll be a big-time free agent. I don't know when it will be. I don't know if it's a trade. The 49ers on their wish list for 2019 is a number one receiver. I don't think it's the most pressing need by far at all. But through four games, the receivers have kind of let this team down. The offense really hasn't been bad in any game. In Minnesota, they moved the ball. Detroit, they got a lead in the third quarter. Kansas City, they almost came back. C.J. Bathard was moving the football last week. There hasn't been a week where the offense was like, oh my God, what is happening? Obviously, it felt that way with Hoyer some last year, Beathard some. Year two of this scheme, Kyle's got people comfortable. It's about finding the groove with receivers. We should shout out Kendrick Bourne. He's kind of become the red zone weapon. Two touchdowns in the red zone. CJ Beathard was talking at the podium today saying he got here, was more like street ball. He would do anything to get open. Now he's playing much more timing within the system his breaks his routes have become a lot cleaner Kendrick Bourne has been a nice surprise I thought he was on the bubble a little bit in the preseason it was smart to keep him for as long as they have I mean it's not like they gave him a lot of chances here but he's developing into a nice little piece two touchdowns your fantasy nerds are starting to wonder who he is because he's he's on the map now so good for him Want to go back to Marquise Goodwin just for a second. I know he's banged up. He missed the Lions game. He hasn't been getting targeted much. Still, he he's 186th in the league right now, 54 yards. For this offense to maintain regularity and for it to still be a bright spot all season, Goodwin's got to show up. He's counted on to be the number one guy. They need 100 yards from him ASAP. Going to be tough. Obviously against Patrick Peterson. Kyle has to get creative, get him in the slot, get him down the field. They need Marquise Goodwin, I think, more than anyone else on offense right now. He's got to show up for this football team. Handing out interim grades for the 49ers, KJ Podcast. QB, we have B-. minus. Running back, we had A-. minus. Wide receiver, C or C- minus. there. That's a tough call. I don't think it's a D. I don't think it's a B-. minus. It's... It's in the C's. O-line, I gave a solid B. McGlinchey's been great as a run blocker. Weston Richburg hasn't been dominant. He hasn't been bad either. Early returns on him are solid. Tight end, we got to give either a B-plus or an A-minus. Kittle is a fifth-round pick, third in the NFL right now in yards. He's a big play waiting to happen every week. His speed, he's outrunning safeties in the NFL. Who thought this little Iowa kid could come in here and be one of the more legit weapons? 
I'm not ready to crown him automatic Pro Bowler yet, but you could see a Pro Bowl berth or two in George Kittle's career. You could see this guy being a fringe Pro Bowler. That is a humongous win to have tight ends solved like this and not have to spend a ton of money for quite a while. I believe because Kittle's a fifth-round pick, he'll be a restricted free agent when he comes up, so you'll have another year of control. It's all about getting these late-round picks right. George Kittle looks like the best late-round pick on the team right now. Trent Taylor, he's above average at slot. They haven't really found the groove yet with him. Going to be hard to tell with, with Jimmy G now. He, he's not a bad slot at all. He He's not George Kittle level, though. He's not getting those type of targets. But Kittle's getting open. Kyle's been really using him in this scheme well. Really fooling defenses. And I retweeted Brandon Thorne today. Kittle's been blocking a lot better than he has his first season. He's healthier. He's added more weight to his body. He's been possibly the brightest spot on offense. Matt Breida or George Kittle, four games into the season, they have been two players you're extremely happy about the development. That's offense. Defense, not as pretty. D-line, maybe I'm being too nice here. I went D+. I don't think they're totally failing. Obviously, DeForest Buckner was great against Minnesota, was great against Detroit. They've been pretty good against the run. They're allowing 4.0 yards per carry. I think that's like 14th, 18th in the league. They're right in the middle there. They're not totally failing, but from a sacking standpoint, pressuring standpoint, they're not getting home. Eric Armstead, they made a mistake here. Listen, guys, I totally get the counterpoint. There wasn't a free agent available. Ziggy Ansah got franchise tagged. They could have maneuvered. They had cap room to take on some type of big contract that someone wanted to unload to get a pass rusher in here to make an attempt. They they left the cupboard empty at a certain spot here, and now you can't make the full meal, and it you're missing flour or something. You're missing a main ingredient. You're like, what? what is this scheme without pressure? They misjudged Solomon Thomas. I mean, when comparing franchises, looks like the Cardinals may have gotten Josh Rosen right. Looks like the 49ers may have gotten Solomon Thomas wrong. That could catch up in three or four years when there's not studs all over this defense. They could have missed. My 49ers would have Jamal Adams and Harold Landry right now. This defense would look a lot different. It would have an edge rush. It would have a consistent safety, a playmaker in the box, a guy who's getting interceptions, who's leading the defense. Yeah, I mean, D-line is a D-plus. I feel bad a little bit for them. The heat and the pressure is on them. But these guys are not talented edge rushers. They're not. The 49ers don't have that. Offensive lines are not fearful when they have to go against San Francisco. That's the bottom line. So many resources by different regimes have been pumped in here. It's clear. You have to have a good D-line to win in the NFL. First-round picks are spent on them. The 49ers have one of three of their draft picks are good on the D-line. Defo. Armstead is a miss. Solomon Thomas is trending to be a miss. That's the bottom line. 
I mean, that's the interim grade here. It's a D plus for for the D line. Linebackers, I got at a B right now. Last week, Fred Warner got burnt. Reuben Foster hasn't been on the field totally. Elijah Lee is now the depth piece with Brock Coyle out. I want a game where Warner and Foster play really well together, and it's super apparent. It's hard now with how much passing is going on because I do think they are the ultimate run stoppers, both of them together. So teams throw against the 49ers. We saw the Chiefs not even run the ball once in the second half. That's more of a Chiefs thing, but they're like, eh, we're running away from these two. So that puts teams in throw mode more, which is actually not good because the secondary is trash right now with Richard Sherman out. So it's funny. The 49ers have built a strength with their linebackers that other teams are like, all right, we're just not going to run up the middle. We're going to do stretch plays. You've seen a lot of reverses against the 49ers. Misdirection, trying to get those linebackers in space. The middle's locked down with Defoe and those two. I said that all along. Corners, I'm going D. And the biggest reason why is that the team thought Jimmy Ward was going to be the depth piece in case Akilah Weatherspoon had struggles. They should have signed Aaron Colvin. They should have signed Prince Amakamura. They should have added another corner in addition to Jimmy Ward in case he didn't work out. They overestimated everyone's talent at corner. And then they drafted DJ Reed a corner and are moving him to safety. They drafted a safety, Tarverius Moore, moving him to corner. He's not ready to play. It's a redshirt year. Greg Maben, this guy who's bouncing from the Bills, looks like a practice squad guy. He actually may be the best guy, and they didn't even know all along. He played really well against the Chargers. They don't know how to evaluate that position right now. Jeff Halfley's my boy. Know him well from my Cleveland days. Some of the techniques they're teaching, not turning of the head, that's been reported. This position group right now, even with Richard Sherman, that was a good signing. He's been great for them so far to start the year. Obviously, he's nicked up now. He'll probably miss this week too. But it's a D. Akilla Witherspoon, they did not expect to struggle. And if they did, they thought Jimmy Ward could step in right away. Their draft pick, a third-round pick, isn't ready to play. Corner is their... I think the biggest hole in their team is second corner. Both these guys are on the field. Give them props last week. They took away the big play. Phillip Rivers' long was 24 yards. That part of the scheme worked out well. But... I mean, to adopt the Seattle scheme and not have legit corners, not stockpile the position, ready to go, have interchangeable pieces that you really feel good about. It it was mismanaged by Kyle and John Lynch. I don't know who's managing the defense in these final decisions, if it's really both of them or if it's really John Lynch, but it's been screwed up. Because corner is a huge need, but if you're picking top five, you don't normally want corner there Browns did it with Denzel Ward it's been done before D-line pass rusher is normally what you would do in top five if you could especially given their situation so corner is going to be a hole walking into the offseason I don't see Greg Maben coming in and being a shutdown guy let's give him a chance but yeah wide receiver and corner so far The 49ers expected a lot more out of both of those positions. Both of those positions are leading to some failures on the field. Safety, I'm going to give a C. 
Adrian Colbert, Kyle kind of backtracked on his words. Wednesday made it seem more like Colbert's the guy as long as he looks good in practice. DJ Reed kind of got crowned. Some reporters tweeted Monday, hey, this could be an open competition. Sounds like Colbert will get his job back. The tackling's been sloppy with him. The lack of playmaking has been apparent. Where has he been besides chasing down someone? Instincts have got to get better there. Tart, again, can't get on the field. I'm going to go into strengths and weaknesses after this, but one of the biggest weaknesses on this team is durability. Not blasting Ray Wright, not blasting the strength and conditioning crew. Sometimes it happens, but whatever the case may be, the 49ers cannot stay healthy. It's been two years of this. It's been, I mean, something has to be put under the microscope about this. I don't know where the blame goes. If it's really just totally unfortunate injuries, what is their technique when they're falling down? I mean, you might have to teach better technique. It's the most violent thing ever. It's chaos, but durability is not good on this football team. Safety position has been experiencing a lot of that. I will say Anton Exum is a nice little depth piece. You have the pick six last week. I'm okay with him. He's in that Chancellor James kind of role, that backup safety where he looks pretty good, can play special teams. He's going to be active pretty much every week, I would assume. Special teams, solid. Pinions muff maybe one or two punts. He's been solid. I'm not ready to give them anything higher than a B because of that big return from the Chargers last week. Richard Hightower, it's been Kyle's guy for so long. He wanted to give him a special teams coaching job. I think he's done fine. I don't think there's been anything wrong with the special teams. Yeah, interim grades there. Big picture view of the roster. This kind of just rolls right over. I'll do strengths and weaknesses of this football team on the field. Running the football is their number one strength right now. They're not doing enough of it, but it's been able to keep people off balance. Kyle's been able to manipulate some defenses because the running game is a lot better. Play calling is a strength of the team. Kyle's called a couple long touchdowns each week just based on simple execution. Someone's been wide open for a touchdown. Outside of the red zone against Minnesota, Kyle's been calling, I think, great plays. George Kittle is the strength of this football team, getting tight ends and use check fullbacks open. This part is scary. I'm trying to think of a strength on defense. I wouldn't call run defense the strength of the unit, I would say they're pretty good at it. They don't have to do it as often. Teams aren't trying to be smash mouth against them, so it's not as valuable. That's the scary part. Four games in the season, I don't think this defense has a calling card. What do they do well? What is this 49ers defense? Like who are these guys? They're not turnover machines. They don't they're not relentlessly getting after the passer. They're not physical. Their biggest weakness, as we just hop right into the weakness, is tackling. Posted that video from Matt Bowen today. My goodness, Melvin Gordon can make people miss, but what is the hit sticking going on? What is the arm tackling, lazy pursuit? Someone expects someone else to make the play. Someone's trying to make a highlight play. It's not enough rap and and get to the ground. And it's been every game, too. It hasn't just been Melvin Gordon. It hasn't just been the Chiefs. It's been every week. 
Durability, I mentioned that as a weakness. Who isn't on the injury report or list right now? Jimmy G, Jarek McKinnon, Richard Sherman, Marquise Goodwin has been there. Joe Staley is there right now. Mike McGlinchey, first-round pick. Weston Richburg, highest-priced free agent, is on the injury list. They're saying Akilah Witherspoon has been playing hurt with an ankle. We'll let that excuse ride right now. I mean, this team is seriously injured. It's week four. It it feels like it's week 10 with the injuries. The list shouldn't be this big. Every game, someone's going down and missing significant time and someone's stepping up and it's altering the game plan every week. You can tell Kyle's been frustrated by it. You can see it on his face. Pass rush, we've been there. That's a weakness. Julian Taylor has got to get called up. What is the holdup here? Ronald Blair hasn't been that productive. DJ Jones hasn't been that productive. I would keep Sheldon Day up. Earl Mitchell, he's eating space. That's his job. They could live without him if they wanted to start Sheldon Day and DJ Jones, DeForest. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing up Julian Taylor. I'm putting him in the Armstead role. I'm putting him where Solomon Thomas has been playing some. I loved his tape against Dallas. I think he deserves a call-up. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. Put people in different positions. Bring a new person into the fold here. This should be Kyle's call, not Robert Sala. Someone should be calling for this. If everyone's silent in that building, there better be some assistant, some scout saying, hey, shouldn't Julian Taylor, like, shouldn't we give that guy a look? He kind of dominated training camp. He kind of like bursted on the scene fizzled out in a little in the preseason but I need fresh blood I need someone else going after the passer give me some Julian Taylor weakness um big play production from the wide receivers gonna be tougher with CJ Beathard but he can throw deep if it's schemed up right it can happen Kendrick Bourne maybe get him going deep Someone needs to have 100 yards receiving. Actually, I'll take 80 yards. Not Kittle. Someone out of the receiving group. Um, And then biggest weakness on the team is second cornerback. It obviously has to do with the pass rush. It has to do with a lot of circumstances here. But just the fact that they mismanaged that situation and could have acquired someone, have the cap room to have some type of band-aid there. They didn't. It's going to be an issue all year. KJ Pod, I like doing interim grades, running through the roster, talking about decisions this football team has made. Again, some negativity. They're not the Cardinals, though. This roster is still halfway through its transformation. This is a picture. We don't even know what it's going to be yet. They're painting it right now. All these different colors are coming together. We don't even know what the picture is going to be. Jimmy Garoppolo is the main star. He's painting it. John Lynch is painting it. Kyle Shanahan is painting it. Who are you going to fill it in with? Another receiver, two more pass rushers, more cornerbacks. This team has some bright spots. It's got some weaknesses. I don't think Colbert is going to lose his job either. I've been really high on him. I think we're going to see that December tape soon in a game. I think a fire's kind of been lit under his ass. Hey, Look, you haven't made it, dude. DJ Reed could steal your position. They're using DJ Reed at safety. 
when I really think he should be playing corner. He should be playing even nickel. K1 hasn't had a great start to the season. I would like to see Solomon Thomas stay on the field for like 60 snaps, like the entire game. Really give him the chance. Give him the chance to make as many plays as possible. Figure this out now. Instead of just trying to make him be a piece of the puzzle. Maybe you trade him in the offseason for a fourth round pick. And really admit your mistake. Or are you are you going to try and figure it out with him? That's a big, big question going forward. And potentially a mistake that hurts his defense for a long time. It's reality. It's the league. Wrong picks are made. Bill Belichick even does it. I'm excited for the game Sunday. I actually am. I think even though nationally it's going to be clowned on some, Rosen is a damn good quarterback. C.J. Beathard is not bad. This Arizona defense shouldn't be that challenging. I think it is 22-16. I do think the Niners win. And this is one of the few wins they have this season. It's lower scoring than people expect. Just remember the main point from today. The Niners are a better organization right now than the Cardinals. Unless Josh Rosen is a savior and can transcend all their problems, they're going to have to hit on another big draft pick. They're aging and their old players are not going to be ready and this good three years from now when they're ready to contend. They're going to have to find a whole new roster. The 49ers are ahead of them. The 49ers, as John Lynch has said, they're already stacking bricks. There's already some pieces here they feel good about. At the end of the day, it will come down to Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Rosen, who is lifting this team. The 49ers have flexibility. I think they have a better head coach. I think they have a better cap guy. Going to take some time. But in 2020, I think the Niners are in a much better spot than what the Cardinals are. KJ Podcast, that's it. Wednesday edition. We'll talk to you again Sunday night. Think it will be a victory edition for the 49ers. BlueWirePods.com. We have six local podcasts up and running. Throw our other shows some listens. Light Years, Triples Alley Report, Coffee House Stunt, Keeping It 300, The Chase Down. We're bringing local sports podcasters together under one umbrella. We need you. We need the listeners to plug us in. Plug in Blue Wire, bluewirepods.com. KJ Podcast, we'll talk to you Sunday. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.